today in the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, we are going to talk about the MJF drama and what has happened since of the whole double or nothing from last week. We'll be talking about that and what is going to happen to him after his promo at double or uh, actually not dynamite. We're also going to be talking about the winner of the best of the Super Juniors. The winner of this best of Super Juniors wins it for the third time. Also, Ace Austin joining Bullet Club. Also, we're going to be talking about AEW Dynamite Review and the AEW uh, Double or Nothing situation. And Tony Khan and Hot Water with some of the, the uh, his talent. We're going to have that and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Welcome to another episode of the Choke Slam Wrestling Report Extra. And we're calling it extra because usually we do these extra either through TikTok or YouTube. But now, again, I'm changing the format because I miss doing my audio podcast, to be honest. And I, the numbers are not doing well when I do the YouTube and then I put it through the audio. Um, so I'm trying to change it up again. You know, I'm always trying to figure something out here and try to bring... As much thing as I can. And then this week, of course, this is the third year anniversary of the Chokesland Wrestling Report. And I did a uh, interview with Astralute Chris Cage, who is going to be part of the Project Codename Exodus coming up in on June 11th on a Saturday in Union, New Jersey. So if you guys in the Tri-State area in New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut, I will advise you guys to... Um, and um, pretty much check out the uh, the event. Um, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be. Uh, we're definitely gonna see a match that we've been trying to see, and that is Chris Cage versus his former tag team partner, or not former, his tag team partner, because they still tag team partners. His tag team partner from Sultan Superstar Whiplash, which is gonna be a match that I will advise people not. To miss because it's going to be something else. Plus, I am uh, or my, my the Chokeslam Wrestling Report is sponsoring the main event scramble that includes TJ Marconi, Chris Barton, uh, Nikolai White, Anthony Gargone. So, you know, we're doing big things and hopefully, uh, we'll be right there, um, next week, uh, next Saturday at the Union New Jersey Boys and Girls Club. And uh, you can go, guys, can check it out. You can go to Project Code Name Exodus on Twitter. And find out information of this good card. So, you guys know that this weekend that passed, we had a lot of things going on. Especially with the MJF um, situation. So, if you guys remember, okay, the MJF situation, um, you know, um, it was just chaotic. If you think about it. Very chaotic. Um, you know, first of all. There was so much thing going on before the double or nothing pay-per-view, okay? And um, we had MJF, no show at the meet and greet on Saturday night, wasn't picking up his phone, and was spotted playing slots in a Mandalay Bay casino when the meet and greet was supposed to be happening. And he then emerged, uh, it then emerged that a flight out of Las Vegas to Newark had been booked in MJF's name. Then MJF then in board said flight, and stay in Las Vegas. Throughout Sunday, before Double or Nothing, AEW took down and then put back up previews as of his match against Warlow. As there will be still doubt over, the, over whether he will be it will be even happening, to be honest. The match did happen and open up the show. MJF was squashed, stretched out, leaning to speculating he'd be written out of AEW, either permanent or at least until the situation is resolved. After the show and emergent MJF showed up at the last minute while the buying was on the air to be specific and let straight after the match was finished. In the post-show media scrum, Tony Khan declined to comment on the situation. 
PW Insider then reported that MJF was not expected to be attending AEW shows for at least several weeks, possibly longer. MJF then was then spotted in LAX the day before AEW Dynamite was being held in that city. The day of Dynamite, it was reported that MJF had met with AEW management the day after Double or Nothing. AEW then officially announced he would be appearing on Dynamite. This all stemmed from a contract dispute from a couple of months ago that seems to have developed in, into even more general unhappiness and conflict between parties. This situation did not start out as a work, but if both sides comes to an agreement and makes good with each other, it could be turned into one. And that's what happened on uh, Dynamite. So they gave the mic to MJF right after the CM Punk FTR match with the Gun Club and uh, Maskaster. And MJF went on a freaking tirade, you know, um, and it was crazy. Um, and he was not having it at all. He was not having it. And uh, he pretty much said, I'm in a lot of pain right now after what happened on Sunday, but all of you people want to hear me talk, right? So that's what it ain't, that's what, how he started. He said, you want to hear me talk? I'll talk. Throws out the Burberry scarf to the mat. But this is Max Freeman's talking. So now this is a shoot promo that we could probably enjoy when it started. The big merger boss. A lot of important executives are here tonight to watch the product. Where well, he was talking about Warner Brothers or Warner Media and Discovery um, Company. Who are supposed to be merging sometime this year. So he said it would be a real bad shame or a real shame if something bad happened. He said, I don't want to embarrass you, man. Speaking of embarrassing, you've been trying to sit down with me to hash things out for quite some time, haven't you? Well, guess what? Too little, too late. So here when he said that, I was saying to myself, okay, uh, this is real. This is getting real now. But it could also be a work. You know, maybe they're using that part because of what happened with the podcast situation a couple of months ago where Tony Khan pulled... MJF's coat because he went and did this without public relations of AEW knowing. So then he goes in on when he said when this company first started, it was all friends wrestling. Everybody had, was handed a ticket except for me. See, I had to write my own. And boy, do I have good penmanship because I created moments at the moment and after moment for this company and I still get no respect. Now, that I agree with because the man has been in a lot of major storylines in AEW, when he first became uh, this real, you know, this annoying heel was one. I believe he won the AEW uh, Battle Royal, I think, by defeating Hangman Page to become the first AEW uh, of the Ring Battle Royal, whatever it is that they, they do every year. And then to top it off, he started a uh, the the feud with Cody Rose, where he turned on Cody Rose. I, I believe was. Uh, Full gear back in 2019 when uh, Rose um, wrestled Jericho for the AEW world title. And there from there, he started his feud with Cody Rose, which was a very epic and very good storyline. And that was one of his stuff that he did. He also claimed after that saying that nobody is on his level. No one. He Everything he touches turns to gold. There's nothing I can do. He said, every time I come out here... I'm not expected to hit home runs. I'm expected, I'm expected to grand slams, and I do that shit on a weekly basis, which is true. The man is good at the mic. He always does something that pretty much uh, makes you say, "Wow, he MJF's an a hole," but he's good at the mic. He does. He's good with, with storyline. He went on saying, "See, the other boys have to settle for being great. I have to be perfect because I'm a, the 26 year old." Who is constantly held on the microscope because I'm the only guy who is capable of carrying this company on my back as I have for months. It's funny that I hear boos, but I also hear clapping. That's interesting. That's interesting. Where were you guys this whole weekend when you're calling me unprofessional piece of shit? I'm just curious. Well, he, he was being unprofessional because if you have issues, again, he said he's being unprofessional, but you had a meet and greet. And you didn't show up. People paid to see you for this meet and greet. And you never showed up. 
So, of course, people are going to say something because people are spending their hard-earned money uh, to see you. And you're in your pity party or pity pissed, whatever it is, because you want more money. When you're not understanding, in order for you to get more money, you have to extend your contract. Because they're not going to give you more money under this contract. So, that part, you know, it was uh, I didn't agree with him saying that. He said, you're not the only problem. It's the boys in the back, too. The boys in the back all want my spot. So, guess what? You want my spot? You can have it because I don't want it to be here anymore. Now, let's talk about you fans, huh? You people call your call yours fans? You're not fans. You're un, uneducated, Mark. You see here on your phones, tweeting on your opinions like they worth a damn. Let me explain something to you people. You don't know shit. And pretty much, I agree on that one because there's a lot of wrestling fans now today they think they know the inner workings behind the scene. They'll go and, and, and make an opinion, make up stories like I've been seeing lately on Twitter. Where somebody said, oh, this guy is, is unhappy and this and this and that. Or this person got heat. And this. When they turn, you ask them where's the source, they can't, they can't give you sources. So, in that part, I agree with it too. So, so far in this whole promo, I was agreeing with a lot of stuff he said. He said, your opinion sucks. Your opinion changed at the drop of a dime. And when you pretend that your new opinion match, your old opinion, for example, man, I always knew MJ was a great wrestler. Really? That's interesting because last time I checked, you guys pretended I suck in the ring for a long time. And why is that, huh? Because I'm not untrained like your faves. Because I don't pretend to watch New Japan. Because I don't dump my opponents on the head. Because I'm not reckless. What is it? Because I'm not chasing star rating guys. What is it? And when he said that part, the first thing that came to my mind was, uh, you know, the Kenny Omegas trying to get the, the six, six starts matches, uh, all these wrestlers always doing high-flying moves, uh, you know, just to get the wrestling fans' attention. Uh, the part I don't dump my opponents on their head uh, pretty much has been stuff that's been happening in AEW lately, like this weekend. Oh, this week, Hikaleo went for a dive, landed on his head. I, I, I thought he broke his neck. But, he, again, he was true. He said, how can I possibly be the best? Well, newsflash, I am the best. I am the best in the world because I'm the only guy who makes you feel, and unlike all, all those other boys, I don't have to do a bunch of bullshit just to get there. I'm a generational talent, and you people constantly take me for granted, but it's not just for you. It's the big man in the back, too. He went and turned on Tony Khan again. He said, here's something you guys can't take can't take for granted. Here's something that he doesn't want you to know. Do you guys know who the second biggest minute-for-minute draw is in the entire company? Nope. You wish. It's me. It's me. And if you don't believe me, ask that boy Tony in the back and see what he got to say about whatever you do. Don't ask him to reach into his pockets and pay the man who has been busting his ass for him since day one. No, 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 no. Make sure he hoards all the money. Make sure he hoards all the money so he can make sure and give it to all the news ex-WWE guys he keeps bringing in that can't lace my goddamn boots. When he said that, the whole crowd went, oh. Because you know what? That's been a problem with AEW. Tony Khan has been trying to sign every damn ex-WWE wrestler just to make AEW better than WWE. And at the end of the day, you're just over-exaggerating the damn roster. I said this last week when our first MJF pretty much was flipping out over the weekend because, you know, his contract situation and how he's being pushed. It's true. Every WWE wrestler that comes loose from WWE, Tony Khan wants to sign him. Okay? And he's getting a lot of heat for this. People, if you guys don't know it. So, you know, when MJF said that, he was on point. He said then, hey, boss, would you treat me better if I was an ex-WWE guy? See, maybe you don't get it, man. Here's the problem with you, boss. You got a position of power in the wrestling company when the only position you should be assuming is behind the guardrail with all of them, meaning the fans. I don't want to wait until 2024, but you won't listen to me. So allow me to make it a lot easier for you. Tony, I want you to fire me. And I guess somebody or a cameraman was counting him down. And he pissed off. And he said, don't call me down, you piece of shit. You shut your mouth. He said, Tony, look at me. Look at me. I want you to fire me. You fucking mark. Fire me. Fire me. Fire me. And let me tell you, 
just saying it gets me hyped because this was one of the best promos I have heard in many, many years since the CM Punk promo. I believe that um, his his mic work or uh, his promo uh, pretty much uh, lets me to believe that there's more that anybody, you know, th th there's more to this. As of Thursday and Friday, they had taken out all his merchandise from the AEW shop. Now, we don't know if that's a, a work. Is he got, he's gotten fired. They warned the media, put Tony Khan to the side and say, this is the type of thing that is happening on TV. You know, <clears throat> um, we're pushing the buttons. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with MJF. I think it's a work. There was a video going around that right after that, CM Punk came out uh, to talk to him. And MJF went and left the ring, went to the other side. Um, you know, it's it's just crazy to know that, you know, this this whole situation is getting out of control. So where is it going? We don't know. But we're gonna have to keep watching. There is stuff coming up for this Wednesday. We don't know. I mean, again, MJF should have been AEW World Champion a long time ago, and they never gave him that opportunity. So with that being said. You know, you gotta you gotta question it. You have to question it. Does MJF has a really a legit beef? I believe he does. You know, I just don't understand that you can't you cannot try to uh, get more money on a, on the contract that's still running unless you do an extension and cut it down to instead of having your last two years, cut it down to one more year or a year and a half and get your money that you that's worth. That can happen. But I see, you know, this Wednesday night is gonna be very interesting. Very interesting. I'm going to tell you why on the next segment. So stick around. We'll have more. The Pro Wrestling Vault. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. Russellville. It's where wrestling lives. Hi, this is James Rodens from the WNR podcast, and you are listening to the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. And we're back, guys. So let's cover uh, AEW Double or Nothing, and I'll give you my review on that. Uh, the the buy-in show, um, of course, they did the uh, supposedly the uh, the you know the countdown, the storylines of the of the show, where it's going, and all that good stuff and whatnot. Um, so the first of all, the buy-in. The match was Hulkhausen versus Tony Nese and Mark Sterling. You know, this was a fun match. I love watching uh, uh, Hook and Danhausen. I know a lot of people are not fans of Danhausen. I am a big fan of Danhausen because um, he could wrestle, and AEW is not letting you see that. And I think uh, AEW, as of late, I don't know when it comes to wrestlers coming in. They did to Wheeler Yuta. Uh, I know I spoken to uh, my boy uh, Jay Santi about this uh, about how. You know, they, they did that to Willa Yuta. Willa Yuta was good. And then, you know, he once he got to see, he see where I was coming from. Same thing with Dan Houser. They're not pushing him to his potential. The guy is good. I saw him in Ring of Honor plenty of times. So, you know. But this match was fun. And I like, I, like I predicted that Dan Houser was going to redeem himself after being pinned by Tony Nese back in the May 11th uh, episode of Dynamite at the USB Arena. Uh or the UBS arena, whatever the hell the name of the arena is. Uh, and he got pinned like in two minutes by Tony Nese. So he got even, even though he pinned Mark Sterling for this match. It was a little fun, the way to start. Then, of course, we had the MJA versus Warlow. And this was a match that, um, first of all, uh, Sean Spear did not come out with MJF. So that was right there, uh, a, head, a head scratcher. 
MJF got caught taking out the ring out of his ring trunks, which is another one, which I was like, damn, this is too quick. And Warlord pretty much buried MJF in this match. Um, and I believe probably MJF figured, let's do this for Warlord because, you know, we want to make him dominant to make sure that, you know, there's no problem. There's no bitching about it. And he got stretched out. So that's which led to the pipe bomb that he did this past Wednesday. So this match pretty much solidifies that now Warlord is part of OLE wrestling. I did not want this to end this way because, you know, it could have made it a better match. But um, MJF acted like he got hurt real bad. And if you notice those power bombs that uh, Warlord was hitting MJF, MJF was falling down backwards. You could tell that MJF is not used to taking power bombs because he was—he took ten, almost eleven power bombs, and you could tell that he was landing kind of awkward. So he was in pain. So Warlow gets a contract with All Elite Wrestling. Then we have the Young Bucks versus the Hardy Boys. I thought this match was going to be, you know, not better than the one I saw back in. March of 2017 at the Hammerstein Ballroom at Mayhem and Ring of Honor. This was good. The only thing is that supposedly that I was getting tweets and I was getting texts that Jeff Hardy looked like he was on sauce. It turned out that he almost knocked himself out. And that is why he was acting the way he was acting. So, but this was a pretty good match. It wasn't bad. Um, you know, Hard, you know, Young Bucks even went as far as to use the Hardy finishing move this was a classic they pulled it off and of course the hardy wins this match so pretty much the young bucks right now are you know you know they lost this match but they will pretty much i, I think redeem themselves this weekend when they beat the uh on rampage they beat the lucha brothers for that match so i believe the young bucks probably gonna beat the number one contenders who knows anyway tbs championship was next and that was uh uh, Carhill versus Anna J. I really didn't care about that um, because I already knew that Anna J. I mean, Anna J. gave a, a better match this time than when she did the first time. So, but there was a lot of all kinds of interference, including John Silver taking Mark Sterling out. Then you had um, uh, the the baddies trying to get in, uh, but then Jay Carhill ended up jading Anna J. from the top row and whatnot, and then to win and then uh Michael Bevins who's now go by a different name I can't remember his name right now he comes out as the new representative for Jay Carhill so I think Mark Stern is no longer part with Jay Carhill so I guess you probably figure like look if you're going to use Mark Stern as a clown with Tony Knees and all this I, I probably don't want to do that so they brought in Michael, Michael Bevin Stan Landers then confronts Red Velvet and out of nowhere Athena does her uh, debut at Double or Nothing, and there was a, uh, a standoff between Chris Danlander, Ruby Soho, and Athena against the Baddies and Jay Carhill. This match coming up after this, uh, the women's match, which I felt that a lot of people overlooked this, a lot of people didn't talk about this, and that was the, um, the House of Black versus Death Triangle. I'm talking about this match was the best match, in my opinion, through the whole pay-per-view. And, then, and this match, Brody hit a sick Dante Inferno on Phoenix. I thought he killed him. I mean, he hit him with, I mean, spiked him into the ring. And why not? Penta then hit a Canadian Destroyer on Matthews on the freaking edge of the ring. And then lights go out. And just what we expected and what Brody King told the fans, have patience when it comes to Julia Hart. And who came out? Julia Hart comes out and spoo the black mist on Pac's face while he was trying to do the, the the black arrow from the top rope. And House of Black wins this match and whatnot. This was cool. We've seen Julia Hart not part of the House of Black. House of Black has been the faction that has been underrated. They're not using them to the potential. They should be feared. And that you need to get... I'm glad that now... We're not going to have this Andrade office family, whatever it is, which is cool. I'm, I'm glad with that. I don't know what they're going to do with Private Party. Private Party, if if, if, if Tony Khan is trying to get rid of uh, um, 
talent that they're not doing well, private party is one of those guys that you need to get rid of. I'm sorry to say, and a lot of people buy you got private party fans or whatever the case may be, but at the end of the day, I believe honestly that private party should not be resigned. Hell no. I'm just going to say it right now. So I think their contract should be up in August. So they probably don't be surprised if they're not there anymore. The Owen Hart men's final, Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe. This was a great match. Of course, outside interference from Bobby Fish. And Adam Cole then ended up uh, hitting the boom on Samoa Joe. We knew it was going to happen. So, you know, Adam Cole winning the Owen Hart men's final. And they got presented with a title. Right after that, they had the women's final, Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. This was a good match as Britt Baker wins the cup or wins the tournament. So the power couple, Britt Baker and Adam Cole, win the Owen Hart tournament for the female and the males. They got represented with a, a replica version of the North American Stampede title that Stu Hart used to have back in the 80s in the uh, Stampede Wrestling. Um, it was cool. I like that. Um, as um, Melanie, uh, I think it's her name is Melanie uh, Owen uh, Melanie Hart. Uh, or I'll probably say the Martha Hart. I probably say Martha Hart. I forgot. I don't know. One of those names. One of M. She represents the belt to these girls. The champions get title. Owen Chan start as his wife is introduced. So that was cool. Paige Van Zandt, Scorpio, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page versus Frankie Kazaria, Sammy Guevara. Eitan Conti. I don't know why they put this match in this event. They should have left that shit in Rampage. I didn't care for none of this. Um, Frankie Kazaria at one point hit a nasty cutter, but Sammy ends up knocking out uh, Ty Conti and whatnot because Ty did t- told Frankie, said, don't touch me. You know, you can't touch me, whatever. And he went to, Garrard went to super kick Kazarian from behind and he knocked Ty Conti down. Out actually, and of course, Scorpio then took advantage of the confusion and hit his own cutter for the win. This should have been in Rampage. This match was not necessary in this show at all. So, I don't understand it. It's the same way with the um, let me see what other match that I feel they shouldn't be here. Uh, well, so far, as the way I look at it, this so far was that was the only match that I felt should not have been there. Darby Allen and Kyle Riley, another match. I knew it was another match. Uh, Darby ended up bleeding from the mouth because of the kicks that Kyle O'Reilly was hitting. Uh, Darby hit a Scorpio death drop on Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly ended up winning this match. Um, again, another match that should have been put in Rampage. These last two matches were not supposed to be in this show because it's not, it's, it, it, it's, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So I, I, I don't know what they were trying to do with that. Um, the AEW Women's Championship, Serena D versus Thunder Rosa. Good match between both ladies, but Rosa ends up hitting her finishing move against Serena D for the win. Uh, these two ladies are very good when it comes to wrestling each other. They got a good chemistry. They have fought before at the NWA uh, 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 plenty of times. So, uh, you know, that you know it was a cool match. I mean, I knew Thunder Rosa was going to win because the last time Serena wrestled Thunder Rosa, uh, pretty much you could see that... Um, um, Serena D beating Thunder Rosa for the NWA title, women's title back then. Anarchy on the arena. Uh, the Death Pool Combat Club, Eddie Kingston and Proud Powerful versus JAS, the Jericho Approach Jersey Society. Uh, one point you saw uh, Proud and Powerful hit the Street Sweeper on Hager through a table. This match was crazy all over the place. Garcia hit a power driver on the steel step. I believe, I, I don't remember who he hit that on. I think it was Moxley. I'm not even sure. Mox then threw a whole cooler at Curtis Jericho, which was mad funny. He blasted him with it. Then the bar wires and ladders came out. Uh, so the the uh, the problem powerful ended up putting 2.0 through a table at one point. This was chaotic. When I tell you it was chaotic, it was chaotic everywhere at one point. Moxley fell on top of the bar wires. He was stuck. He couldn't do nothing. So then Jericho and Hager went. Pretty much choked out Daniel, then uh, Brian Danielson. Uh, Brian Danielson was doing a big comeback, but they attacked his his leg. Hager hit him with the uh, with Floyd the bat, and then they choked out 
Brian Danielson for that one. So that that was a crazy one. Then AEW announced that they had just signed one of the original members of the Ingobernables de Mexico. So Andrade pretty much said that he didn't want to be part of the Andrade's office family. That they were a bunch of losers. This is what I'm talking about. The, I don't know what's going to happen with Butch and the Blade and Private Party. Because that group has been disbanded. Jack Evans is an impact. Uh, so pretty much he introduced Roosh. The former Ring of Honor World Champion. And the Ingobernables of Mexico are now in AEW. Which is a good move by Tony Khan. Signing Mr. Rush, who has been out since last August, almost a year out of wrestling after an injury. Then we had the triple threat AEW tag team title. We included Jurassic Express, Starks, and Hop versus Swerve and Keith Lee. Keith Lee powerbombs Jungle Bone into Luchasaurus, which was crazy. i never seen nothing like that. Keith Lee jumps over the top rope, takes out everyone at one point. But all that stuff was going on back and forth. The champs still retained the belt. It was a great three-way, so I would suggest you guys to check it out. Um, I was very surprised that Jungle Boy and uh, Luchasaurus retained the belts. I thought that there was going to be a title change. I thought that we were going to see Christian Cage turning on Jungle Boy. But it's coming. It's coming. All right. The AEW World title, Hangman Page versus CM Punk. Uh, this match was pretty much pretty much cool. Uh, these two guys went at it. Hangman Hit the GTS on Punk, which kind of surprised me. I thought he was going to um, pin him, but at the end, Hangman Page hits his own version of GTS on Hangman Page to beat Hangman for the AEW world title. Now, my thoughts on that, of him winning the world title, um, I don't know why would they do that. They took the belt away from Hangman Page too soon to give it to CM Punk. And pretty much what MJF said about Tony Khan in love with these ex-WWE wrestlers, well, you saw it on Sunday. And as crazy as it sounds, and as crazy as I've been very, very uh, cheerleading of AEW, but now you're seeing all the problems popping up at the damn company. Because there's a lot of stuff going on that a lot of people don't know. So, uh, But it is what it is, so we'll see what happens. We'll be right back. Hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Jada Red Sante, host of Turnbuckle Tabloid, and you're listening to the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. And we're back, guys. So we're going to continue on here. Um, now we're going to review a little bit or talk about AEW Dynamite, uh, what happened during the uh, Dynamite. As part of the fallout, we saw FTR and CM Punk team up together versus the Gun Club. Like I said earlier during the beginning of this podcast, it was Gun Club and Max Caster. This was a good match as Gun Clubs are improving every week, especially with Max Caster being that... Uh, Bowens is hurt So I mean their whole intro is fun I, I mean I like this whole You know Max Caster at first When I first saw him I thought he was a John Cena reject Because of his rapping stuff But he proved me wrong He proved me wrong Because the guy is a beast on the mic As you can see He went soon as That whole Amber Heard Um uh, trial was over that same night. He dis Amber Heard badly on the show. So this, it, it was crazy. So, uh, but again, uh, FTR seeing Punk was too much for them. The aftermath after that, pretty much, uh, they are already planting seeds for the Forbidden Door uh, that you guys saw last the week before when FTR was wrestling um, Rapunky Vice. Jeff Cobb and Great O'Connor came in and attacked both tag teams. So that race, most likely, we're going to see FTR versus Great O'Connor and Jeff Cobb for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. Uh, so pretty much this set up uh, the next challenger for for Benton Door for CM Punk was Hiroshi Tadahashi popped out. The ace of New Japan showed up at Dynamite, but 
Of course, I have bad news of that about that match because I don't think that's going to happen. And I'll tell you why. Because at the end of the day, uh, there was a report that CM Punk has a broken foot. So Wednesday, they're going to have a battle royal to determine the challenger who's going to wrestle uh, John Moxley, who's the number one contender. I didn't even know he was the number one contender until you know it was, it was, it was brought up. You know, I'm like, he's the number one contender since when, you know? So, you know, um, it's, it, it's, I mean, it kind of mind boggled me because I was like, what, how, how is it that CM Punk is the number one contender when, you know, I, 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 I didn't get it. I, I did not get that part about him being the number one contender and whatnot. So I was like, okay, so he's the number one contender. Uh, so it's going to be interesting now. And I'm saying this. Because, um, pretty much, it's going to either fix the situation with um, MJF, where MJF may be the last guy to win the Battle Royal, and he ends up beating Moxley for the number one contender spot, and becomes the interim AEW World Champion. It's going to be interesting this Wednesday, guys. You cannot miss this. You cannot miss this. Because... It's going to be very interesting coming up this uh, week because that Battle Royal is going to make a difference and they already, you know, set it off. So I pretty much told you what's going to happen next week. Uh, then they had an MJF promo, which is the one that we talked about in the beginning. Johnny Elite was going to wrestle a uh, someone that we haven't seen in a while. And so it was. It was Miro. He came back and he did a Beautiful promo. He looked a little trimmed down, but he dominated his match against Johnny Elite or Johnny Mundo or John Morrison, whatever you want to call him. Um, he pretty much dominated his match and kind of you have a head scratching like, wow, they just did Johnny uh, Mundo like this or Johnny Elite like this. But then again, you have to. Miro was one of the most dominating wrestlers last year. He held the TNT belt for a while until Sammy beat him, and he has not been seen. He's back again, so that's 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 a cool. That was a cool thing. Then we had the J, uh, Jericho Appreciation Society segment where you saw um, the Jericho Society talking. Um, so they looks like it's gonna be a blood and guts match coming up on, I believe June 29th in Detroit. Which I'm not gonna be able to see it because I will be uh, pretty much in Oklahoma that that um wednesday so um i'll probably check it out when i come back because i probably won't even be able to see it because i'll be on vacation that week um so it's going to be kind of hard to do that but they also announced ortiz versus jericho hair versus hair and that will be i believe in world rager in july am i if i'm correct so you know uh they show a clip where some more joke was attacked by lethal uh, Sajay Dutt and and Sonny Singh, whatever his name is, after his match against Adam Cole, so he, they took him out of TV because now he's gonna be doing uh some some movie or movie part, so you're not gonna see him in a while. Red Dragon, Hikaleo from Bullet Club, Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express, Matt Hardy and Darby Allen. This was crazy because Hikaleo versus Luchasaurus was a fun uh. Uh, confrontation to watch then uh, I don't know what Hikaleo uh, I don't know what was he doing but he landed on his head I mean I thought he'd kill himself and Hikaleo is 6'9 almost 7 feet and you know it, this was a crazy match like always all this 8 man 10 man tag team like over the Young Bucks ended up pinning the world tag team champs Jurassic uh, Express and got pinned by the Young Bucks um, younger boy got pinned so, I mean, it's it's it was crazy. Hikaleo, I mean, he he was alright. I was looking at him to see if he was hurt, but nothing came out through that. Then we had the Athena segment. Athena pretty much uh, introduced herself to the crowd. She got confronted by um, Jay Jay Carhill and the baddies. So it looks like Kiara Hogan is going to be the first one to challenge her, and I believe that was going to be in Rampage. And I didn't get to see Rampage this week. So, not much to talk about. Warlord dominated J.D. Drake with two power bombs. He defeated J.D. Drake. After mass security comes and 
I don't know what what the hell was this? Mark Sterling coming out that you know he's suing Warlow for attacking security and all that, and Warlow beat up security again. Britt Baker versus Hayter versus Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. I didn't care for this match, to be true, but Storm and Soho beat Baker and Hayter. Uh, but then Hayter ended up attacking um, Storm and Soho with the Owen Hart title, and Britt Baker looked at her like, "Why are you using my title to do what?" I think it's going to be some type of breakup between Baker and Hayter. But I really the reason I didn't care for this match because it's like, how much longer are we going to see Tony Storm and Ruby Soho feuding with Britt Baker? I mean, it's getting boring already. And then the main event, John Moxley versus Daniel Garcia. That was a tremendous match between these two. This match was crazy, but Mox ends up winning it. He calls out Jericho and tells him, you, you want bloods and violence? Well, I'm accepting bloods and guts. So, bloods and guts is going to be Jer- Jericho appreciating society against the Death Pool, uh, what is it, the Death Pool Combat Club and Kingston and um, the uh, Proud and Powerful. So, that's going to be a cool thing. And that, that was your uh, AEW uh, Dynamite uh, review. Um, so, it's it's been crazy. It was crazy. And I did that all, less than eight minutes, which is cool. Ha. <laughs> So, so another news, uh, just to bring it up, another news we have, uh, first of all, we have, we already spoke about the, the MJ situation. Jake Atlas deleted his Twitter account after a recent arrest. Mostly, uh, Jake Atlas, I haven't seen him since he got injured in his match against Adam Cole. Uh, and I know he got signed by AEW. Now he got into some domestic violence situation and he got arrested. He deleted his Twitter account. So... I don't know the story behind that too much, but it's crazy. Brian Danielson names the New Japan wrestling star he wants to face at Forbidden Door. Now, I'm going to tell you who it is, and let me tell you, if this match is to happen at Forbidden Door, we're going to be seeing a classic. He wants to wrestle Zack Sabre Jr. You know, you know the type of match these two could have? They might steal the whole damn show. Because that's how good these two guys are. That, I mean, Brian Danielson, you already know. He's the red, he's the dragon, the American dragon. He, he does it all. But Zack Sabre Jr., he is a master of submission holds. So you can imagine a match between these two. two. It's going to be incredible if that was to happen. Um, bad news for Impact Wrestling. First, there's two stars that are done with Impact Wrestling. And this is the reason why I don't really, really... Um, you know, um, invest in Impact Wrestling because they always constantly losing stars. You know, so W. Mercy is departs from Impact Wrestling. He's no longer with Impact Wrestling. A lot of people think he might go to WWE. Uh, which I mean, that's a smart move to make. I don't think he'll be in AEW. So all you AEW fans, don't think Morrissey is coming to um. AEW, AEW doesn't need no more, no more uh, guys to 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 have in a roster. They got too much, and they don't even know what to do with them. So, and Chris Jericho said something that kind of threw me off. Um, crazy, he said, "If talent feel undercompensated, maybe you aren't as good as you think." For the record, AEW is the best sports entertainment company I ever worked for, and Tony Khan is the best boss. I done business with. If your certain talents feel they undercompensate, maybe you're not as good as you think. Your goal elsewhere. So think. Um, okay, let me read that part. Maybe not as good as you think you are. Go elsewhere, please. And he put that in capital letters. You'll be begging to come back. This was a shot at MJF. Now, there were some stars in the back or wrestlers who was taking MJF's back. But then you got the guys that feel like you know what. Um, you're not as talented as you think you are. You can't. You want. You feel you're overcompensated. And, and again, I think when it came to MJF and this whole situation, I think it was misinterpreted because at the end of the day, you know, uh, not misinterpret. That's not the right word I want to use. Uh, more of MJF don't understand when it comes to contract. And I said this last week, and I said in the beginning of this podcast, you sometimes have to look at the whole situation, step back, look, and say to yourself, okay, am I doing the right thing? 
Again, you cannot get compensated extra money unless you sign an extension of the contract. And Mr. MJF has not signed an extension to the contract. He could work out a contract restructure maybe to get the money he's looking for, but you're not going to get it while contract is running. So what MJF was doing was kind of a little bit unprofessional. So Jericho responded, and he's right. I mean, you want to go to WWE, that's not guaranteeing you that you're going to be a big star. Yeah, you great at the mic, whatever, but you're not going to be able to say whatever you want because everything is scripted in WWE. You know what I'm saying? And if your name is not Roman Reigns, you're not going to get pushed. And this is what I say, maybe Cody Rose in his ear and whatnot. You know, um, you, you don't know. You do not know. And Cody Rose could be in his ear for all we care. You know? So, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy because, you know, and, and one way I'm thinking to myself, well, you know what? Maybe, yeah, he's probably upset. You know, um, he deserves it. I mean, he deserves the money. Don't get me wrong. You know? But then again, you got to understand that it's, it's a contract. You got to wait till your contract is over. And he doesn't want to hear it. He really don't want to hear it. So, you know, so Jericho is right in a way to talk to say that. But I don't know the best com- company in the world and Tony Khan because Tony Khan is high on fucking Brett Bowl and shit. Jay White finishes up with Impact Wrestling. So that's another loss for Impact Wrestling. But then again... Jay White was never signed with Impact Wrestling. He's part of the New Japan deal with Impact, but that's a big loss. And again, Jay White is scheduled to face Okada next Sunday for Dominion for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. I see him winning it. If they don't, if Okada beats him again, and that's that's that will be a big problem to me because Jay White is the hottest thing right now in professional wrestling. And Okada, I think what they're doing, they're doing the same shit they used to do with Tadahashi. You know, giving him the belt and this and this and that. I mean, I'm tired of seeing Okada as a world champion. As great as it is, you got to pass around that belt. You know what I'm saying? You have to pass that belt around. Uh, New Japan, Bezo Super Junior crowned a new, or oh, well, actually it's new, but this guy's a three-time Bezo Super Junior world champion. Hiromo Tadahashi wins the Bezo Super Junior to win it again for the third year straight. But the biggest story out of all this was Ace Austin. Ace Austin, uh, according to what I was reading online, he was doing great. He was performing very well. But he ended up joining Bullet Club. And after that, he was confronted by Alex Zane in the back, along with other Bullet Club members. And Alex Zane got beat down for his troubles. So that is very cool. Um, so now Impact has two members of Bullet Club. They got um, the finesse Chris Bay, and now they got Ace Austin as Bullet Club members. So, I mean, Ace Austin fits perfect with Bullet Club. So, that is a cool thing. R. Anderson went and put online that he is now the new ownership of the Four Horsemen trademark. So, he made it uh, clear this week that he is the new ownership. He um, So, now... If he's the new ownership of the Four Horsemen, are we going to see the Four Horsemen in AEW with R. Anderson as their manager? So, that would be cool, but you got to get the right people to do this. And I had predicted this almost two years ago in a podcast when I, t- I had Cody Rose, Sean Spear, and FTR as the guys to lead that as the Four Horsemen. But, of course, Cody Rose no longer with the company. Sean Spear ended up joining the Pinnacle. That guy... They got rid of that faction like in a heartbeat. I don't know what the hell happened there. Maybe that's another reason why MJF is pissed off. But, uh, again, I, I spoke about the Battle World to kick off uh, the June 8th AEW Dynamite. Winner will face John Mosley in the main event for the interim AEW World title. So, we'll see about that. How is that going to end? So, you know, again, th- that's it for me today. This is my third year anniversary show, and I'm celebrating it here on the audio podcast. I did Again, uh, interview my third year anniversary on my YouTube channel uh, with Absolute Chris Cage, and he will be a part of Project Code Name Exodus coming up this Saturday on Union, New Jersey, uh, Boys and Girls Club. Uh, so check my pages, check my Instagram page, check my Facebook page, check my Twitter page for more information. If not, uh, reach out to Project 
uh, code name Exodus on Twitter and you know, follow that up. There's going to be a great card. I mean, a way to look at it. I cannot wait for this because I'll be sponsoring the main event scramble. Um, I'll be out there with my boy Jay Santi from the Turnbuckle Tabloid, which is going to be amazing. I cannot wait. Um, so that's going to be cool. So, you know, be on the lookout for that. Also, guys, check my YouTube channel. Like I said, subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell. Hit that thumbs up for the support. Also, check out my merchandise store, tcwr.veryinkpressive.com. That's tcwr.veryinkpressive.com for, you know, for hats, T-shirts, and hoodies. Even though it's summertime, but if you want to jump on the hoodie now so you can rock it. Uh, for the winter, check that out, please. Also, you can follow me on Instagram, um, Twitter, and Facebook, The Chokeslam Wrestling Report. You can follow me on TikTok. Um, I got the code the, at The Chokeslam Wrestling Report. So I'm everywhere, guys. Also, check me out on Galatica Sports. Um, we are in there for the audio podcast, so you guys can check that out. I'm everywhere, and I'm grateful for all the people who are supporting me. On my YouTube channel, on all the all the audio platforms, all these countries, UK, uh, Australia, Portugal, uh, of course, Puerto Rico, Sweden. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, Taiwan, everywhere. My podcast is being heard everywhere. I know I slowed down a little bit on the audio because I've been putting the audio podcast um, by YouTube channel. So I like this version better because it, it lets me do what I want and... I'm happy with it. So until then, guys, be safe. I'll see you guys next week. Again, check out this Wednesday. Uh, we're definitely going to follow up on that, on the the Battle Royal. CM Punk is out with a broken foot, and now they're going to uh, pretty much crown an interim world champion. So until then, guys, be safe, and I'll see you.